Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. If nothing else, watch this film for Tom Hanks' hairdo. Seriously. I, I think it suits him. He should stick with it. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. Today's film is The Da Vinci Code. came out in 2006. It's a Ron Howard film, I think. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks and some other people. Um, it's my DVD actually started off um, with an advert right at the beginning with like soon to go into production Angels and Demons which is the sequel to the to the Da Vinci Code technically in the books it was before it was a prequel but they were that unsure that, that the Da Vinci Code was going to be a success that they took out any references to any of the adventures or events of previous books because uh, the Da Vinci Code's based on uh, the the book by Dan Brown. I, tr- I tried to read one of his books. I, c- I couldn't get into it. I don't, maybe it was just the mood I was in at the time. But sometimes I find it easy to read uh, certain authors of the times. I just I can't be doing with it. But I will have to give it a go at some point. The music by Hans Zimmer is magnificent. I mean, of course it is. It's Hans Zimmer. It's got this beautiful like there's a hint of foreboding in the music but it's like promise of discovery we see a well-to-do gentleman in a suit he's running through a gallery an art gallery pursued by a shadow you see all these creepy shots of the the eyes of the paintings there's a lovely shot through the skylight he gets caught up by um this guy and i'm pretty sure it's he's played by paul bettany the monk pursuing him he's in like monk's robes and i'm pretty sure he's meant to be albino 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 um and he says to he's got a gun and the guy manages to get a i think he's the curator of the of the louvre he manages to get a painting off the wall and this uh like bars drop down in the doorway and he thinks he's safe and paul bettany's monk points the gun at him and says tell me where it is you and your brethren possess what is not rightfully yours. And the guy says in French, um, God forgive me. And you hear him try to explain where it is. And it shows the shot from above through the skylights. And you can't hear what he's saying. But you get the impression he's kind of, is he leading him on a wild goose chase? You don't know. And they, the monk shoots him in the stomach. Then it cuts between the man covered in blood, like, Try to stem the bleeding, but it's mortal. He knows he's going to die, so and he can't get out. So he's, he starts writing on things. We don't see what he's writing. It moves to Robert Langdon. He's the professor of religious uh, symbology at Harvard University, and he's giving a talk in Paris. And he's talking about how meanings change through time, how symbols change through time, how deities change through time. It's quite interesting. And as I said in the introduction, Tom Hanks is spotting a cracking hairdo. 
It's like a longer. It's not a mullet, but it's it's in the same family. Uh, definitely. He talks about how our understanding our past um, impacts our ability to percept our present. But how do we sift through years of historical distortion to find original truth? Tonight, that'll be our quest. So he's given this seminar. Then he's doing a book signing. And uh, what's the guy's name? Can't remember. A French cop comes up to him, well, like a detective, and says, I'm from... He says this anagram, I can never remember what it is. He says, we're a kind of French FBI. And he says, Captain Fash thought you'd assist us. And he gives him a, a photo. And you don't see what it is, but you see from Robert Langdon's uh, reaction that it's something awful. And he says, you know, we thought, Captain Fash thought you'd help us with the markings on the body. And a cop picks, picks his jacket up. He says, I was meant to meet um, Jack Sonier. That's the curator guy who's been killed. He says, I meant to meet him uh, for dinner. I waited for hours. He never showed up. He says, who would do this to him? And he says, uh, Professor, you misunderstand. Monsieur Sonier did that to himself. Then we see, oh, what does that say? Oh, yeah. You see the monk on the phone talking in Latin. It's subtitled, thankfully. Um, all for a dead master, the seneschal and the grandmaster himself. Uh, and he mentions something called the Priory. And he says, it's it's here, it's in Paris, teacher. And the teacher says, you will go forth, Silas. So that's the guy's name, Silas. The voice is distorted. Like, you know, like, you got those voice changes at uh, toys as a kid. It's a bit like that. Well, the voice kind of calls it like that. Um, through those uh, detailing machines. Then you see he take this monk Silas takes his robe off, and he's got scars all over himself. Then he flogs himself, and he's wearing a cilice. Um, so not only does he do self-flagellation, he's got a cilice around his thigh, and you can see he's been wearing it for, for quite a few years. To, to suffer as Jesus did. And then it cuts. Oh, he says, I chastise my body. Um, he says in Latin, for my sins, he prays. And then it cuts away as he screams, which is quite a cool cut, actually. A cool transition between the scenes. The cop who picked him up, the detective, drops Langdon at the Louvre. He meets Captain Bezu Fash at the pyramid in front of the Louvre. And Fash says, what do you think of our pyramid? And he says, it's it's beautiful. He says, a scar on the face of Paris. And you can see straight away, it very quickly shows that Fash and Langdon have completely different, they're completely different men in the way they, they talk and the way they go about things. Uh, Langdon's much more measured, thinks about things, whereas Fash is, he's quite, re he seems to be quite reactionary. You get Langdon says to Fash, I was surprised when Jacques Sonnier contacted me. I didn't I didn't really know him. There's a great scene where you find out Langdon's claustrophobic. Um and he has to use a lift. And the shots are really well chosen to get sell the fear. He notices a symbol on the lapel uh, the lap, on a lapel pin on Fash. Then they go to see the body. And Langdon's like, oh, dear God. A Captain Fash is played by uh, Jean Reno. 
good to see him. He's always decent in films that I see him in. I think even in films that you would say aren't particularly brilliant, such as Godzilla, 1998, he he stands out. Uh, he seems to be an actor who absolutely goes for his role. We see a private jet and it's Opus Day. And Alfred Molina plays, uh, I've written his name down, uh, Bishop Aringarosa. Aringarosa. And the, one, of, one of his men's kind of uh, interviewing him for some kind of article. And he says, what, what do you think about Opus Day being called a brainwashing cult? And he says, we're not cafeteria Catholics. We follow doctrine religiously. We don't pick and choose what to follow. And he says, well, what about people who uh, flags out themselves and this, that and the other? So you gather that the monks opens day as well. And Alfred Molina just brushes it off and says, well, many of our, not many choose to live those kind of lives. Many are married, many have children. Then he takes a phone call. And it's the same voice that, that the teacher to start advice. This is Silas has succeeded. The legend is true. And then he says, I'll meet the council tonight. I'll have your money. I'll have your money tonight, teacher. Then we're back at the Louvre. Uh, we see that and Jacques Sonnier has like, posed himself as the Vitruvian man, a famous painting by Da Vinci. Uh, a drawing. Um, the Pentacle. And Fashi's like, oh, devil worship. And he's like, no, no, it's the symbol for Venus, goddess for the feminine side of things. And Fashi sees, he's like, well, that's the last thing he did was paint this on his chest. And Officer Nouveau, she comes from headquarters, Sophie Nouveau, and says, headquarters have sent me, uh, she's from French police cryptology. She says, it's the Fibonacci sequence. She gives Langdon a number and says, your embassy called me, you need to ring them. He rings the number and it's her voicemail. And he says, hang on, miss, this is the wrong. And she said, no, no, um, you need to down the access code. It's written on a piece of paper I gave you. And he types it in and it says, Professor Langdon, do not react to this message. It's her voice. Reveal nothing to fast. You're in grave danger. Then we see the monks gone to, oh no, at the Church of St. Sapice. Um, there's a sister there and she picks up the phone and it's like, her immediate superior, like the bishop or whatever, says, oh, we need to show somebody around the church. And she's like, so late? She says, this is a, a request from a high bishop of Opus Day. And she says, yeah, I'd, I'd, that's that's fine. I'd love to. Um, I'd be honoured. Then we go back to the Louvre and Ra Langdon says, is there a restroom at news? And Fash says, yeah, of course. And he says, she said it's meaningless, a mathematical joke. Could you have a look at it? And he says, I'll have a look when I come back. And she's waiting in the toilet um, in, like, the restroom for Langdon. And she says, do you have a message from Sonia? And he's like, what are you talking about? She says, check your pocket. And there's a GPS tracking dot. And she says, Fash was never going to let you walk out of here. He thinks you're guilty. Look what he rubbed out before you, before you came. And it says, P.S., find Robert Langdon in blood. But he's removed it before Langdon's arrived. Because he thinks, because he says, what would you do uh, to, to Langdon earlier and scene? What would you do if you're, you only had a limited time left? And he said, I'd try to identify my killer. And he says, precise one, which is precisely. Um, she says, look at the writing again, PS. And he says, postscript. And she said, no, Princess Sophie, that's what he used to call me. 
Princess Sophie fan Robert Langdon. She says, you hear so that Fash can force a confession. We call Fash the bull. Once he gets an idea, he doesn't stop. And he, this is where, to, I mean, this is where you get your money's worth out of Tom Hanks because he, he reacts so naturally. He said, and I know it's what's scripted, but he sells it. He says, lady, stop it. Stop it. Who are you? And she says, um, Jacques Sonnier was my grandfather, but we haven't spoken for, for a few years. And Langdon's just bewildered by what's going on. He's just totally in over his head. And it, he says, Fash was never just let me, was was never just going to let me stroll out of here, was he? And then you go back to Fash and they're, they're in like this little room in the Louvre and they're, they're monitoring where he is. And the captain says, hang on, we've got a problem, Fash. Headquarters didn't send Sofinivore. And then you see the, the tracking dot move and they say, oh, he's jumped. And Fash runs through the toilets to the window and sees a big sand truck going across the river on a bridge. Um, uh, the river saying the police shoot out of there they all get in the cars fly off after this truck then Sophie takes a moment to say goodbye because her and Langdon have hidden and she says he's much older than I remember we haven't spoken for a few years then we get a flashback of a younger Sonia and she runs away through the fields and she's about I don't know, 15, 16 so we don't know what's going on Um. She says he rang my office today several times saying it was a matter of life and death. I thought it was a trick to get in touch. And Langdon thinks it's a code, like an anagram. Different letters illuminate. And you can see the way he thinks, which I quite liked. And she says, you've got eidetic memory. And he says, not exactly, but I can pretty much remember everything I see. Then he figures out, um, what does it say? I'd written it down. Um, oh. It, it translates to Leonardo da Vinci, the Mona Lisa. Oh, all lame devil or draconian saint, something like that. And then please find the micro dot in a piece in a soap, in a bar of soap that they've thrown into the truck. Mona Lisa, uh, they go to the Mona Lisa and it, he's written on it in blood because they have a, a one of those blue lights, the UV lights, and it's so, so dark, the con of man. And he works out it means Madonna of Madonna of the Rocks. They find this fleur fleur de lis key. Uh, fleur de lis, uh, like key. And uh, Sophie Navarre, by the way, is played by Audrey Tattoo. She's brilliant in this. Um, the the he talks about the Priory of Sion. He says it's the world's oldest myths. The fleur de lis is their symbol. They protect the source of God's power on Earth. Uh, you see, the police have blocked the way to the American Embassy. She drives him in a smart car. She reverses away between two rubbish trucks and gets away. Silas, uh, the monk, he's saying, Christ, give me strength. Then we see a, a teenage Silas in a flashback. His dad's attacking his mum really brutally, so he stabs him in the back. I don't think he kills him because his dad's like still moving around. He gets put in jail, and then he ends up working for Bishop Oringa Rosa. Uh, his dad says, you were a ghost, you were a ghost. He finds God in jail. And then two guys break into the church and attack the bishop and beat him up really badly and Silas breaks the necks um, to save the, the bishop. And the bishop, who's out of it, I mean, he's, he's almost unconscious, says, you are an angel. Then um, it got, comes back to the present. 
He's in his monk's robe, monk monk's robes again. Monk robes again. And I, I wrote at this part. Is he albino? I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be. Um, but I like I said, I don't know if that was the intention. He she the sister explains the rose line, this north to south, uh, south pole line, and he he whispers it hides beneath the rose, and she's like, excuse me. And he says, I've wasted too much of your time. I'll, I'll show myself out. And you see, she walks away concerned. She's kind of, I mean, he's a creepy guy anyway. And it's late, but y you get the impression she, when he says that about the rose, she's thinking, oh, something's going on here. The police um, find the sale. Excuse me. We found Nevers' car at the train station. And then uh, they say, I'm sure it's a, Fash says, I'm sure it's a, a distraction. Uh, a decoy, but inform Interpol. And his right-hand man's like, we don't even know he's guilty. We, what, without any evidence? And he says, I know he's guilty. And he's so sure, but you, you can't figure out why. Then we see Sophie and, and Robert in a, a park in the rough part of Paris. I think it's the Boy de Boulogne. Um, it goes back to the church, and the monk is smashing through the floor through one of these markers, and he finds only a marker with Job 3811 written on it, which is a Bible passage. Goes back to the park and they go up to, they see this bench and there's a guy in it doing drugs. And Sophie says, uh, police. And he's like, yeah, so what? And she says, 50 euros for all your stuff. Go and get something to eat. And the guy, there's the music, this soft music plays. And the guy's face changes and he says, oh, okay. And Langdon says, do you not think that could be dangerous? And she's like, no, gives us somewhere to think. You see she's resourceful, she's intelligent. And Sophie says, what's the next step? It was always, what's the next step with Sonia? Puzzles, words. And he's, Robert's like a treasure hunt to find his killer. And Robert says, every priory story ends in bloodshed. Now, there's a pretty interesting sequence, actually. Uh, shows the crusade attack on Jerusalem that Robert is narrating, and he says, a secret brotherhood, their military arm, the Crusaders, this is the Priory of Sion. Um, the invasion was to find an artefact. And she says, what? And did they find it? And he says, well, put it this way. One day they stopped searching, left the Holy Land, and travelled straight to Rome. Whether they got paid off by the church or they blackmailed the Pope, no one knows. But the, pri the, uh, the papacy uh, declared the Templars uh, of limitless power. By the 1300s, they were too powerful. So the Pope um, issued secret uh, orders to be opened simultaneous, simultaneously across Europe um, that declared them Satan worshippers and saying that God had uh, charged him with getting rid of these heretics. The plan went off like clockwork and they were all but exterminated. It was Friday the 13th of October 1307, and she's like, Friday the 13th. But they went looking for what they'd found, this artifact, but it had disappeared. The last few remaining ones managed to get it away. And she says, well, what are you talking about? I've never heard of any of this. And she says, yes, you, he says, yes, you have. Almost everyone on Earth has. The Holy Grail. And what have I written down? Key. Oh, my... Uh, oh yeah, the key, the Fleur de Lis key, has a, a 3D stamp on it, like a modern 3D stamp, and these laser dots, dots to be read by a laser pen, and she she realizes it's an address on it. The church, 
at the church, you see the sister, she's on the phone saying, trying to get hold of, I presume it's Sonia saying, I, f- I fear they're all dead, Grandmaster, all four contacted. I can't get in touch with any of them. And you figure out this is who Silas has been knocking off. And Silas comes in and says, Job 38, 11, do you know what it means, sister? And she says, hitherto shall thou come, but no further. And he says, do you mock me? Where is the keystone? He says, you serve them the priory. And she says, Jesus had but one true message. And then he, he kills her. He whacks her in the face with the, with the marker, which is very, very heavy. Then he holds her hand and prays and says, come angels to receive her soul. Aringa Rosa's in a car heading for a massive chateau in France. It's like a secret meeting. He's requested millions in untraceable bearer bonds. And he says, I don't presume I act. He's very passionate at this secret meeting. He says, the Vatican will not support us. True Christian values lie in ruins. The priory will be silenced. Um, the teacher has contacted me. And they're saying, you put an awful lot of faith in this teacher. So you figure out, even they don't know who he is. Or she is. There goes back and the police, um, they find out that Robert and Sophie got a taxi in the border line. So they're tracking them down. And Robert and Sophie talking says, I don't think he liked me. He made a joke about me once and got a big laugh out of it. Then they get to this bank. And as they come in there, they show the key. And the guy's like, yep, come through this way. But he checks like the most wanted list and sees their names on it. We meet Jürgen Prochnow, who played the captain in Das Boot. Good to see him. He plays Werner, the director of the bank. And he says keys are, uh, are often passed on. They're numbered Swiss accounts. The shortest lease is 40 years and the oldest are quite a bit longer than that. He says, I hope you have the account number. One false entry disables the system. And they figure out the numbers that they thought might be Fibonacci earlier are the access code. And Sophie says to Langdon, I don't even like history. I've never seen much good come from looking to the past. They retrieve the box. It's this small wooden box, like a rectangular um, with a rose symbol on it. And it has a crypt text inside. The director comes and says, I'm sorry that sorry it went rough, but the police arrived much quicker than I thought. He says, follow me. He says, it comes to the safe passage clause. It's one of the oldest and highest level accounts we've got. They he, they step in the back of an armored truck and Robert's like in there because he's claustrophobic. And the director drives them out dressed as a chauffeur. Well, dressed as like a truck driver. He's driving this big armored truck. And he says to Fashi's right-hand man, he says, look, the keys get sent to the destination. They're not giving them to me with the wages I'm on. He says, what, do all, he notices the Rolex on his wrist and says, what, do all drivers have Rolexes? And he's like, what, this? $35 in Barbes. He said, yours for 45 And the cop's like, no, no, on you go. Uh, so he almost got a real Rolex for next to no. Uh, we see a Ringarosa. He says, I've given the teacher my soldier of God. My, uh, there's, there's no better uh, soldier than my Silas. Uh, in the back of the truck, Sophie's saying, you know, the, this grail stuff's nonsense. I believe in people, not God. And Robert says, I was raised a Catholic. Then the truck like shakes. And obviously because he's got claustrophobia, he's, he's really struggling. And he has a, fl- you see a flashback of a little boy falling into a well. 
then he's back in the truck and he started about the cryptex cryptex so they used to hide secrets it's a box it well, it's loads it's like uh five dials with 26 letters on each 12 million possibilities um it's papyrus scroll around a vial of vinegar so if you try and force it open it a brick she says oh sonia made made one for me made one for her as a child and langdon says my grandfather gave me a wagon and sophie sees she's like please you're not all right and she says i don't know why it works and she puts her hands on his temple and it seems to cut it see it seems to really calm him down uh he remember she remembers her mum doing it to her head and uh, it shows you a flashback and her truck smashes into the car and sonia carries her away the truck stops in the woods the back door opens and uh, what's his name Jürgen Prochnow's character is there with a gun and he says 20 years waiting for someone to come for that box now it's you two murderers on a killing spree he shoots in the in the into the actual back of the uh armored truck so the bullet flies about Robert hands the box over but he slides the bullet casing into the door so as he tries to shut it, he can't. And then Robert hits it from the other side. And he shoots at the 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 Jürgen Prochnow's character, shoots at them as they drive away in the armoured truck. And this is where Langdon's like, right, what happened between you and your grandfather? You said you hate history. No one hates history. They just hate their own history. He says, she says, none of the, he says, we're being chased by people who think this stuff's real. I've jammed my arm. I've been shot at. I'm bleeding. And he says, look, I'm out of my depth here. I need to go to this grill historian. He's an Englishman living here in France. And Sophie says to him, can you trust him? I hope you can. Then Fash goes to see Vernier, that's his name, in hospital. And he says, look, activate the truck's homing device. Robert and Sophie arrive at his friend's chateau. Uh, the Chateau Villette and the intercom is on the wrong side of the road, but it's the right side of the road if you're English. And of course he's English, so he's tea obsessed. Because th that's all us English think about, you know, tea. Anyway, um, they've turned the GPS on and the police have basically tracked them right to where they are. And Fash rings a Ringarosa. So you're thinking, is he the teacher? Sir Lee Teabing. Teabing, sorry. See, even his name's got bloody T in it. Uh, just, just to ram it down your throat. And he's knighted. Just to ram it down your throat, he's English. He's played, by, to be fair, though, he's played fantastically by Serene McKellen. He walks with crutches. His butler seems a bit shady. And um, Silas gets told about Chateau Villette. In Serene McKellen, um, Lee starts talking about Grandmaster, Grandmaster and Sonia and the three Seneschal, one of which was the sister at the chapel. Um, and Robert's like, Jacques Sonia was her grandfather. And to be fair, I think Serene McKellen is the standout performance in this film. He's damned entertaining. In a film that is quite a talker, it's, it's, it's old-fashioned and it's not full of... There are action scenes in it, but they are few and far between. And it is much more of a talk and much more of a thinking film. 
I know that was some of the criticism thrown at it. That it was too long, too boring. Well, I don't think so, but you know. And he's talking about the Holy Grail because he's a Grail, um, not genius, expert. And he says, oh, my dear, has Robert been telling you it's a cup again? And he explains Mary Magdalene was Jesus's wife. They talk about the Council of Nicaea when it was, you know, they picked and chose what, what went in the Bible, what was accepted, what wasn't. They talk about the religious war between the Christians and the pagans and how it threatened Rome. And he shows uh, that Mary Magdalene was, well, he talks about how Mary Magdalene was pregnant at the time of the crucifixion and the witness, the greatest cover up in human history. And Robert says, you're twisting facts to fit your theory. And him and Lee are kind of arguing a little bit. And Sophie says, how many have been killed over this? And Lee says, the priory are the guardians of the living descendants of Jesus Christ. Silas barges in. Um, and then the butler appears to be on Silas's side. So you're thinking, oh, is, is the butler um, the, whatchamacallit, the teacher? You don't know. The police hear the shots because they're outside. But Fasher's told them to wait. They break down the gate. Sophie um, manages to knock Silas out with the help of Lee, who seizes Solis and smacks him with the crutches. You find out that Fash is in Opus Day. Lee helps them out, um, and he's, he's got a plane, so they, they drive with a, a Land Rover across because he's English. Um, and Lee says, well, what, what happens if the world finds out that the greatest story ever told is a lie? Colette, who's Bezu's right-hand man, um, he says, Bezu, what is it with these two? You're so controlling. You're, you're acting like you've gone mad because they've lost them again because he's made them wait. Then we see Lee's plane. Uh, they've got uh, Silas as their captive. And hang on a minute. No, sorry. Did I say about... I might have skipped forward a bit there, sorry. Lee hits uh, Silas Badges in. And at this this point, the butler the, the butler helps them um, tie up Silas. Anyway, they end up on his plane. Sophie talks to him and says, did you kill Jackson? Yeah, did you kill my grandfather? And he talks about being a messenger for God. And this, that, and the other. And she smacks him a couple of times. And... She says, your God doesn't forgive murderers, he burns them. We see a Ringarosa and another priest um, destroy, they're talking about destroying the proof of the sarcophagus and they're talking in fancy language, but they're planning and sanctioning murder, essentially. We see fascists at the airport trying to get the flight plan for Lee's plane. And the ATC guy's like, I'm going to break, come back in 10 minutes. So Fash punches him in the face and gives him a good kick in. And then the flight pan sewer play. Lee talks about how to kneel before Mary Magdalene is to remember all those who have been oppressed. And they talk about it hides beneath the rose and Robert pops out the little symbol rose on the front of the box. It's got backward writing in English, which is that language of radicals and free thinkers. Or so it was seen. The controller um, has filed charges against uh, Bezu. And Killette says to him, um, they've changed the flight plan to London. Because it was originally Switzerland, where there's no extradition from France, but uh, England has extradition with France. 
And Fash explains why he's so convinced. He says, a bishop of my order explained Langdon came to confess murder. I've got to stop him. Who have I failed? The bishop, God himself. And I was thinking, oh, so Bishop Oringarosa has, has told um, Bezu Fash that this has happened, that he that Robert Langdon's come to him. But Robert Langdon isn't religious, so that's a lie, clearly. They've so they they arrive in London. Uh the British police get a tip off from the French, so they're all there. And they land at Biggin Hill from our RAF base. But the British British police cars do not have United States police sirens. That annoyed me a little bit, but because surely somebody on the film was English and went, hang on a minute. Because the cars are oh, never mind. Anyway. Just I would say attention to detail, but that's pretty if you had a, a movie in America and it had police sirens from here over there, you'd be like, What's this? Just you know that that was a bit I don't know, somebody needs to get told off for that one. Uh, Lee gets out and he says, uh, did that old cannabis charge finally catch up with me? And they're saying, you know, we've been told by the French that you've got fugitives on the plane and maybe a captive. And he's and Serena McCallan says, I've got a medical appointment to get to. You're just going to have to shoot us. You can start with him. It means his butler. They check the plane. The plane's empty. It's a bad tip. And as they're leaving, he says, the French cannot be trusted. And it shows you just before that, that they managed to get away. And Lee says to them, people rarely see things right in front of the face, don't you find? He has this very enigmatic look on his face, which we'll come back to later. That's foreshadowing something. The teacher rings and says, by the time you get to London, um, to Oringaros, he says, they'll have the grail. He says, if the Vatican find out, we'll be excommunicated and denied this council of shadows. Robert explained... Uh, Lee explains Robert fell into a well when he was seven. Remy, the butler, smacks T-Bing and goes to shoot Sophie and Robert. He throws so, uh, T-Bing in the trunk and you think, oh, and helps Silas. Silas asks Remy, are you the teacher? And he says, yes. Stay here at this house of Opus Day. Then it turns out T-Bing's paid off his butler. He says, I even convinced the monk. He takes a drink from his hip flask. And he he collapses and dies. Now, I'm sure it said somewhere that it was a peanut allergy, but I couldn't see it in this. I don't know whether I've read that somewhere or saw it in a deleted scene or something. Fash is now in London. He's helping the cops um, find Langdon. And T-Bing tips off the police. We get this really cool CGI because they're looking for um, a Pope. A night interred, and the CGI of of Alexander Pope's funeral, and they mix the effect in front of Westminster with like the present day, and the past. I really liked that. And Robert works out. Hang on a minute. Isaac Newton was interred by uh, Alexander Pope, and we find out T. Bing's there, and he says, "I was unworthy." Grail requests require sacrifice so you find out that lee the big twist that lee's the teacher and he's been orchestrating this all because he'd come to a dead end with his research and he so he, he's he started this all off this was actually filmed at lincoln cathedral because because of the context and because of the story of the book 
um, Westminster Abbey wouldn't allow them to film there, so they filmed at Lincoln Cathedral. And if you're ever around there, if you're ever around Lincoln or the Lincolnshire area, it's definitely, definitely worth a visit. Beautiful cathedral. The police arrive at the Opus Dei safe house. Oringa Rosa arrives. Silas gets shot dead by police, but he accidentally shoots Oringa Rosa, who says we're betrayed. And Oringa Rosa's Oringa Rosa lives. And Bezu Fash says, How do you know this murderer? He says your Silas is dead, and he finds out that he's been used. Oringa Rosa has lied to him about uh Langdon being guilty. It's a it's a good performance by um Alfred Molina. Who plays uh, Aringarosa? It's a very committed performance by Paul Bettany, but he's like that in his films. He, he always seems very, very committed. Check out his performance in Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, two thousand and three film directed by Peter Weir, uh, with Russell Crowe. That that's hell of a film. I'm going to have to watch that and review it. We see uh, the the Priory have failed to. Oh, yeah, Lee says the Priory failed to show the Millennium. What choice did I have? He said, I even made the Council of Shadows pay me so they wouldn't be suspicious. And he says to Sophie, you're the guardian of the Grail. Open the crypt text and I'll put down the gun. But she doesn't know the code. And Robert says, let me try. And you see Robert's point of view again in this church. The theme music plays and he gives it. and he, But he keeps his back to T-Bing and Sophie. He says, I'm sorry. And then he throws the cryptex in the air. Robert drops, uh, Lee drops his gun, stumbles to catch it, but he drops it and it smashes. And he's like, how could you? How could you? And Sophie grabs the gun. And then Fash comes in with the armed police and he says, him. And they arrest Teabing. Then Robert explains the code was Apple. And he gives her the note. He gives her the note. And he, he says, I think the grail's gone home. They go to this Roslyn Chapel in France and they find out that Mary Magdalene's remains have been removed again. They've been moved again. And she says, oh, well, we're at the end of the line. What What did you never told me what Sonia called you? He said he called me a flat foot, a beat cop of history. And he said and she says, well, do you know, his father was one. He called him the most respected man he's, he'd ever met. So you get from that that he actually... He thought he was laughing at him, but he he wasn't. He respected him. Then Sophie's like family come. They're the protectors. Her story was a cover-up. Uh, they hid you with a grandmaster. He called her Princess Sophie, and Robert says you're the heir. You're the last living descendant of Jesus Christ. She meets her real grandmother. And Robert says, I prayed in that well to Jesus when I was a kid, I sometimes wonder if I wasn't alone down there. He says, why couldn't Jesus Jesus have been a father and a man? Maybe you healed me with, you know, out of my fear with your hands. What would the living descendant do? Would she destroy faith or would, uh, would she renew it? And he says a, a key point here, actually, that I think for critics of the film who are very religious or think it's some kind of blasphemy or he's not that, not, the point of it but he says what matters is what you believe what matters is your faith what you truly believe and a film shouldn't shouldn't affect somebody's faith um are you and she say she says to mom maybe you're a knight on a grail quest 
They wish each other goodbye. Robert kisses her forehead. Uh, Langdon travels back to Paris. I'm not sure where in France they are. And he's shaving his hotel and he cuts his face. I'm sure it's like a trident shape. The blood runs down to the plug hole and he's thinking about the rose line. And the music swells as he searches and follows the markers through Paris. And you hear him narrate and she hides behind the rose. And he figures out she's underneath the pyramid at the Louvre. She rests at least beneath starry skies. And he kneels in front of he kneels in front of her. Um in that classic position of a knight, where they have a like a sword as well. And that's where the film ends, was the the beautiful soundtrack to the film plays by Hans Zimmer. And I've got to say I, I love I love this film. It's chock full of history. Is it accurate? Who knows? Um it's filled with great performances. But like I said before, it's much more of an old-fashioned type of film. It's not an action film. I, I think it's one of those films that was marketed poorly and it made itself look like it was an action film and very... Whereas it, it, it is entertaining, but it, there's a lot of talking in it. There's a lot of explaining. But it never... I never think... I never feel watching it that it feels like a film where you know, where they're just chucking exposition at you and you're like, oh, people don't talk like this. It's very natural and I liked it. I really liked this film. And I actually think the sequel, Angels and Demons, is better. Um, or at least as good as. I love the second one. So that's that's my review of uh, The Da Vinci Code. Thank you for listening. If you could review... Uh, this podcast on podchaser.com or whatever listening platform you're listening on, it's possible on that whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts etc um, you can also uh, follow follow me on uh, Twitter at, uh, at yourselfreview you can also f- uh, follow on Instagram uh, just search for review at yourself podcast uh, there's a few thank you shout outs I'd just like to say thank you to Ben from Film Floggers podcast uh, for his friendly advice uh, he seemed an absolutely lovely fella also thank you for the retweets uh, guys I appreciate it uh, pod and family modern escapism the manic pixie weirdo podcast what a name that, that what, a, what a title that is uh, 100 things we learn from film go give those guys a listen uh, hallmark of greatness as well some great podcasts out there guys um, <laughs> I was going to say go listen to them instead of this but uh, <laughs> the space was all I feel but uh, no I just thought I'd uh, give a quick uh, thank you to those guys I'm quite new to all this so it is nice to know that people will give you a bit of a helping hand and a little bit of guidance so cheers guys and for anybody still listening uh, I'll return with the 6th sense what was the trouble saying that the sixth sense which was a request on instagram from a fellow podcaster whose name i thought i'd written down sorry um so yeah we'll return with that one cheers guys Bye.